Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret, and you're listening to Journey into an Unknown World. I've been doing this show now for, oh, at least 18 months or longer, and I'm always talking about emotional, mental, physical, spiritual matters, and hopefully giving you a new slant on old ideas or opening up your mind to something entirely different. This time I'd like to talk about something really practical. I'd like to talk about your home. You know, we all want home to be our happy place, the place where we can come, throw off our shoes, put up our feet, watch TV, and just relax, or fiddle around in the kitchen, make our favorite meal, and hopefully by the time we've eaten that, have someone else do the dishes or do them ourselves and just sit back and cool, as it were. But actually, I don't see that happening so much anymore. Years ago, the idea was that the man went to work and the woman stayed home and she took care of all those chores and made sure all the children were well fed and tucked up in bed so that by the time dad came home maybe all he had to do was tell a story and babies would be asleep in no time at all and then they could ideally snuggle with some popcorn on the sofa and watch their favorite show. Well. Those days have long gone. I know myself, uh, when I go back in the years as a mother, my children were all extrovert. In case you don't know, I have four sons, and every one of them was into amalgamation of things like yoga. No, actually, it wasn't yoga. Okay. My children were into a lot of things like judo, tap dancing, acting, football, it went on and on. So there I was driving them around all day, taking them to different places, making sure they got the right schooling, the right education. In between that, fixing whatever I had to do with washing and ironing, cleaning the house, I also had a big garden with lots of fruit trees. I had to be sure I got all the fruit in and made lots of jam and cooked pies and, you know, cakes and freeze them and whatever. And okay, I had a full-time job as a mom at home. But was I happy? No, because my kids came home. They had more demands. They wanted more things done that I hadn't got time to do. There were other business aspects I had to do for my ex-husband. And so there were many, many things that kept me busy. So what did I do? I rearranged my furniture. You know, everyone said, what are you doing? Don't you have enough to do already, you know, with all this cooking and sewing and stuff? And I said, well, you know, I'm in this place, morning, noon and night, busy rushing up the shops, rushing back, doing more work, morning, noon, and night. You know, I'm fed up looking at my furniture in the same place all the time. So moving everything around was part of giving me a fresh look at my life. Now, of course, my children would come home and say, why have you put the TV over there? I liked it here. Or why is the kitchen table there? I wanted it 
you know, I can't do my homework on this table anymore because you've moved it. And of course, I had to say, adaptability, it's okay. It's only that I've moved the furniture, but really, I've moved the energy. You know, furniture has energy. All the things that we have in our home hold energy. Even the walls hold energy. And so one of the things I really learned at a very young age was that we needed to have a rearrangement of those things to create a rearrangement in our emotions and in our mind because the brain says, oh, everything's different, stop. Think about how it was, then think about how it is now, process it, and come up with a new solution. So I thought that worked wonderfully. Till my kids got used to me moving all the furniture around and it was like, oh, okay, mum's done that again, now what? So then I started to realize that no matter how much I moved the furniture around, how much I blessed the house, my kids were still extrovert. They were still fighting and arguing and there were still emotional things going on in the family and no, we were not stable. We were dysfunctional. And so everything that I tried to do to bring balance and harmony into the family somehow got disarranged so that dysfunctional family aspect of our life became the dominant issue. At that point, I started to realize, you know, voices are in the walls. You could walk into a room and you could feel where someone had been arguing. You know, a lot of people say I've gone to a haunted house and I could feel ghosts in the place. Well, walk into a family house where they've been arguing and you can feel the ghost of that argument. And of course, that affects our aura and we feel umbrage immediately, even if we don't know what it was all about, even if we cannot remember the last argument we had. So I was looking at these four extrovert boys that I brought into the world who were wonderful, wonderful children, but who had their moments of discourse, which seems to be constant to me. So I was always in the ombudsman position. Hey, if you do that anymore, I'll have to take away that item and it's banned for a week. And there are consequences to what you're doing. And of course, they'd all go, oh, mum's on that, you know, that control issue thing again. But given time, I began to realize I needed to break up this negative energy. So I went out to the local shop where um, it was things on sale, and I bought some metal candle holders and brought them home. And, of course, everyone said, what have you got those for? You know, don't you have enough candles all, all over the house already? And I said, aha, these are for different purpose. I'm putting one in this corner, and I'm putting one in the opposite corner. And, of course, everyone said, well, why are you doing that? And I said, it's quite simple. Metal resonates. So if there's negative energy and the metal is in that corner where all that negative energy builds up and swells out into the room where we walk into it and get very negative again, 
I'm breaking this energy up. And my kid said, oh, I don't see that. That seems funny. But I was fortunate that my kids were into music and singing. So when they were playing the piano, one of them happened to be sitting by this candlestick and said, I can hear the piano in the candlestick. And of course, everybody said, no, you're imagining it. But one by one, they all went and listened. They were playing that silly thing that all the kids learn with their fingers, you know, da -da 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 kind of thing, and listening and playing and saying, I can hear it. So I actually got a confirmation of what I was saying, that metal in corners of the room breaks up static energy. It breaks up negative energy. So I'm advising you, if your home seems to be full of negativity, to go out and buy anything metal and stick it in your corners or on the walls of your house. I was actually in a big um, uh, store where they sell gardening equipment and they had these little metal things that you're supposed to dig into the ground and use as a decorative thing to encourage your plant to grow and you can tie your plant to that and hopefully it'll bloom very well. Well I bought those and instead of putting them in my garden, I put a little nail in the wall and I hung them up, one on my side of the bed and one on my husband's side of the bed. So every time we go to sleep, any dreaming static energy that we're dumping, because you know we dream a lot when we're asleep about all the issues, all the worries, all the things we need to sort out. And so while we're doing that, our aura is sending out all this negativity into the room. So here I've got these two thin little things hanging on the wall that are supposed to be in my garden and here they are breaking up the negative energy that my husband and I might put out unconsciously while we're sleeping. Another thing that I like to do in my house is to make sure that all the doors are easy to open. One of the things that my children used to do was come rushing in and thump against the doors and push with whatever they're holding in their hands. And I have to admit that they did actually punch a couple of holes in these cheap doors I had in my house. And this was years ago too. But I had a lesson as a result of that. I thought to myself, you know, kids are boisterous. Kids rush in and out. They slam doors. They don't think about the noise they're making. So I thought about that and I realized I needed some buffers. So what did I do? I went out to the local Goodwill store where I found loads of stuffed animals. And I bought loads of stuffed animals and I dotted them around the house in places where I knew that sound was resonating. And of course you can tell that by listening. And, uh, and just put them there, dotted them around, and of course my kids went, oh, mum's into connecting stuffed animals. <laughs> the next thing I know is everyone wanted to give me stuffed animals for birthday and Christmas presents. Well, I didn't say anything. I just said, okay. And I took them, and they promptly went into a position with all the other stuffed animals I had. And nobody realized 
that what they were actually doing was deadening the sound of shrill kids screeching with delight or anger, crying energy. Somehow it muffled that and my nerves were more relaxed. So you might like to put some buffers around your house. Well, of course, you don't have to have stuffed animals. It was years ago and I was young. But today you can buy these wonderful long stuffed snakes that you can put around the doors. You can buy wonderfully long sleeping pillows that you can put on your bed or on a sofa somewhere. And those act as baffles to stop the shrill noises of kids and of course mum's nerves are going to be much calmer without all that shrill noise. Now everybody at some time recognizes that children are overreactionary to mother's state of uh, mind or emotions. You know when you're worried about whether you can pay the bills or whether you can put food on the table. And believe you me, I've had those days and I know how hard it is clipping all those coupons out, trying to go from shop to shop to get the best bargains you can get. So in this part, I want to talk about how you can make a little food go a long way. And all of this is about helping mums enjoy being mums on little budget or nothing at all. I would go to the store and I would buy a quarter pound of ground beef or minced beef as we call it in England and then I would come home and I would mix it with breadcrumbs and I would make a long sausage shape and then I would put parsley, sage, rosemary and thyme on the outside and roll it around and make this enormous long sausage and then put breadcrumbs on top of that. So I'd made a quarter of a pound of beef look like a whole pound. And then I would cut it up, put an egg on the outside to make the crumb stick and then fry it slowly in a frying pan and dish that up with some rice or some bread or some, not bread, sorry, uh, or some potatoes. And of course, kids love sausage and potatoes, chips. So we used to do that quite a lot. Another thing I used to do was I would get boiled eggs, boil them so they're hard, cut them in half. Then I would lay them face down in a dish. I would go and buy some leeks and I would make a cheese roux sauce and pour that all over them and dish that up with what I call roast potatoes. The roast potatoes were simply boiled potatoes and then I would put some butter on them. They're all bits and pieces of boiled potatoes, cut up of course, put some butter on them and then set them under the grill for about five or ten minutes watching them burn, go brown, and then dish them up with the, as I called it, they weren't deviled, but it was my little phrase in those days, deviled eggs. Then I would make spaghetti, and spaghetti goes a long way and fills a lot of empty stomachs. 
So I would get the spaghetti, the ground beef, put into that a can of tomatoes. I would then chop up some onions and boil all that together until all the fat came out of the beef, skim that off. And then I would add a can of tomato puree, lots of Italian herb seasoning, simmer it for a while till it really got cooked, add more water and some stock, bouillon cube stock, beef stock, and cook it some more. By the time it was well cooked, I had a thin, meaty sauce that I could serve six people with spaghetti. It went a long way and the stomachs were full. When it came to cakes, I had another very easy way of feeding my children. I got all bread. It was pretty cheap in those days. I got a cup of all bread, a cup of flour, a cup of brown sugar, a cup of sultanas, a cup of raisins, mixed them all together, blended a cup of milk and an egg, mixing that into a sort of paste, stuck that two loaves, tin loaves, uh, filled them up and cooked them slowly in the oven for about an hour and a half. And that again would fill the stomachs of my children and it gave them the vitamins and the minerals and the cleansing of their bowels and so on, all in one delightful taste. Now, I'm not a, a good cook, but I'm sure you as a mother out there are wondering how to make a little go a long way. If you want to take fish, you can mix the fish with rice, make patties, again put breadcrumbs on and toss them slowly in some oil, cook them slowly and dish them up with macaroni cheese. You want to make sure your children get the real vitamins, the real minerals, and the right amount of protein so that their teeth grow strong. So one of the products I always added to a lot of the things I made was milk. And of course, milk drinks are very important. So as a mother, you can make life a lot better for your child by making these homemade things which don't take very long to do. And I'm sure with today's modern technology, you can go online and find a lot of other foods that will make your children feel safe. Now, of course, a lot of children want candy and spending money on candy isn't very good. So here's another thing I did. I used to go out and buy powdered sugar, bring it home, scatter it on cornflakes with a little bit of cocoa, stick it in the oven in little balls, and cook it for about five minutes till it was a little bit crispy and give it to them. And that was a lot cheaper than buying a, a bar of candy which didn't go very far with four kids, like one or two pieces each over the day and it's gone. But with a box of cornflakes or Rice Krispies, something like that. And of course today now they add mellow, marshmallow and things like that. But, you know, 
all these old recipes come from World War Two and World War One, when women had to learn how to make a little go a long way. And in case you're listening and you don't know, carrots are sweeteners. And so back in those days when I was a child, my mother didn't have sugar. She grated up the carrot and put that into what little candy we had that was made with these sugars. So I've talked about the energy of your house and I've talked about feeding your children. The last thing I want to talk about is finding peace and harmony with your partner, friends, and so forth because however you relate and integrate your information in front of the children and in the home you want to know that the world is a happy place that your home is a safe place many people are afraid that someone's going to break into your house what I did was although I had locks and bolts on my door I always put something on my stairwell uh, in those days, I had squeaker toys for my younger children, dogs that would yap. You know, there are different things you can create. That you can buy actually dogs that are not real dogs that yap on a battery now. You can have things that make little siren noises. So there's lots available at very cheap prices that you can leave by the doors so that if anyone were to come in, even if you can't afford an alarm system, you're going to hear it. You know, mum sleep with one eye open and watching, so they say. So I'm sure your subconscious will open you up the minute you hear any sounds in the house that are not meant to be heard in the middle of the night. I always knew when one of my kids was going down to sneak food out of the refrigerator. I always knew when one of them went to the bathroom. So I'm sure you as a mother will hear anyone that might move into your house. Now, what I had by my bed, if there was anyone invading my house, believe it or not, it sounds funny, but I had a cricket bat. That's all I had because I was in England. But did I ever use it? No. But did it give me comfort? Yes. So if you feel you need to have something nearby your bed that will make you feel safer and being able to protect your children, okay, have a piece of wood or something under your bed, but I assure you, you'll never use it. Now, you've been listening to me talking about the comfort of your home, but the most important thing is to recognize that you need comfort for yourself. I've written lots of books, and I'm sure as you're listening to my show, you can see my books flashing by on the WebTalk radio page. But if you've downloaded my shows from iTunes, I'd like you to know that comforting yourself is very important. So go back and look over my past shows and see where I've been talking about giving yourself the right comfort zone, body work, healing work, different shows, books, things to read that entertain you, different talents and skills to develop such as sewing, knitting, painting, writing, um, singing, anything that you like to do. Now for me, years ago, um, when my children were young, 
Once they were in bed, I went to my piano. I played, not too well, but I played to myself and sung along to myself for two or three hours so that all my negativity just went out the window. So I suggest to you that singing in the bath or be like me, learn to play the piano a little and sing away to accompany yourself singing is a marvelous way to heal yourself. At the same time, your singing will bring a vibration of peace and tranquility into the home. Even if the kids don't appreciate your singing, believe you me, singing heals the home. So try and bring music into the home. And if you really, really think you can't sing, okay, get some Puccini, play it loudly, it will vibrate and resonate throughout the home and cleanse all that negativity. If you like to play folk music or rock music or heavy stuff that is miserable, you're going to get yourself into a miserable state. So go for the light, bright, happy tunes like uh, whenever I feel afraid, I hold my head, you know, etc. I'm not going to melody you because uh, I'm not in the mood and I'm sure you don't appreciate it. But sing the songs that make you feel happy, you know, which are a happy tune. Whatever it is that you feel will get you into a good mood because once you're in a good mood, the vibration of who you are flows throughout your aura and will go into the family members who are nearby you, even if they're in another room. They're going to feel you and they're going to feel happy. And of course, it's very important that they sense your energy. Now, some men are at home all day with the children doing mum's work while mum is working all day. So if you're a father listening to this, recognize that it's no different. You can still go and make all these things that I've been talking about. You can still go down to the local thrift store and find metal things to put in around your house. And if you're handy, you can paint them and you can make them colorful and fit in with your decor. You know, I like to have lots of shelves around where I've got lots of crystals too. So you might want to put crystals all around your house because crystals also rejuvenate and revitalize energy in the, wo in the working rooms that you're in, give you a higher vibe, make you feel better. If you're a woman that likes to make things and paint things, I'm sure your imagination will run wild with how you can transform and change your home with color decor. So this is the last thing I'd like to think and talk about with you now online. Have you ever stopped to think how your area is where you sit and listen to shows or listen to your computer or work on your computer? You know, you may not realize, but if you're sitting in a dingy brown color, it isn't helping you vibrate your aura at all. You need light, bright colored. So if you're sitting in a dark room, wear some light, bright clothing so that your aura can resonate uh, and, and vibrate the true being that you are and bring out that happiness and that vibe while you're doing the work that you need to do. 
I know lately, um, if you go to a doctor's office, they're now painting all the rooms with lovely soft greens and blues and lavenders, and they're actually putting up nice pictures, some flowers in the room and so on, because they're realizing that as a patient, we need love, we need tenderness, we need softness, and we need color. Okay, Okay. hospitals have the temperature low, so you can walk in there and feel your cold. But that's necessary because we need to stop the germs spreading. But there's no rule that we have to have bland white walls. If you're living in someone else's property and you can't paint colors on the walls, then find very colorful paintings that you can put on the wall. And yes, if you go to a thrift store, there's always someone's old junk or a garage sale or somewhere like that. There's always someone's old junk. You're going to find a treasure for you that's going to bring color into your home. If you're handy and you can sew and knit, make yourself really colorful drapes or make yourself really colorful pillows that brighten up your sofa. Even put a rug on the floor that's a bright color to contrast that yucky brown that they put in every apartment all over America, and I'm sure it's other places. People think those yucky browns are easy, they clean up easy, blah, 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 but boy, are they boring, and no, they don't help our aura at all. So think about color in your home and put as much as you can in and around you that is light and bright. And of course, that means go to your lighting. When I first moved to America, there were no overhead lights. I was like, this is terrible. I'm in a dingy dark apartment and I've got no light. So I went down to the local thrift store and I found one of those lights with a chain. You had to hang it on a hook so it was up in the ceiling, and then you had to make the chain run down the wall and plug in a socket. And it wasn't that bright either, so I was not happy with that. But I had to do with what I had. So I went out, I bought a can of paint, I painted the chain that was a dark, yucky, rusty color to a beautiful gold color. I took off the lampshade, I went out and found another one that was see-through, and got myself to have a lighter, brighter corner that I could sit in and read. Now, at that time, I needed a chair that was bright too. And yes, I found a yellow sofa that I could put which reflected light. It may not sound like a good color, but with my color-coordinated things I put in the room, I felt safe, I felt cozy. So here I'm suggesting to you that you take a long look at your home. You take a look as though you were a stranger. You stand at the front door and you say to yourself, before I walk in, I'm going to take this deep breath and I'm going to feel this home as though I was a stranger coming to my home for the first time. And then having psyched yourself up that way, you then open the front door and walk in as that stranger and see how your house hits you. Maybe there's stuff all over the place. It looks untidy. Take a note. Does that make you feel good? Maybe the colors are good, but they're not arranged in the right way. 
How does that make you feel? Maybe you've collected too many objects and you've got too many things all over the shelves. Take a look. What do you need? What's really meaningful for you? Is there some things you can give away or rearrange in another room? Take a look at all the furniture you have in your room. Is it all useful? Do you like it where it is? Would you rearrange it? Then go to another room and do the same. And ask yourself, is there something in this room that I could put in another room? Could I swap rooms, swap furniture, move things around? Think about it. Do some measuring. And when you've done all this, and you've arranged your house according to how it makes you feel right, you may even have painted if you felt like that. Whatever you've done, once you've done it, get a few mirrors. You know why? If you put a mirror on the wall, you can see you're the fairest of them all. Yes, you can admire yourself occasionally when you've made your face up or you've shaved your beard or whatever sex animal you've got in the house is in your arms or your baby or how do you look when you're integrating with someone else? Have a glance. See how your energy is. You want to see you're up. You want to see you're strong. You want to see you're vibrant. And of course, you want to have some beautiful things that you love to see. Maybe a vase, maybe a crystal. And you want some nice smells in your home. Maybe good cooking or it may be simply a joystick. Whatever it is you want, make it your safe place. And if you have children that are highly excitable, yes, develop some good rules and good ways of talking. No more yelling and screaming. Don't do this, don't do that. Instead, go up to your child. Look into their eyes. Say, I love you, but what you're doing is a no, no. Looking into their eyes, saying it quietly, has a tremendous effect. Whereas yelling across the room falls on deaf ears. So communication is important in your home. To sit down with a child and look eye to eye, talk, share, listen what they have to say and share some more and explain and let them understand. You don't have to tell them every single detail but you can say something simple like we're having eggs today because it's good for you instead of we're having eggs today because we have no money. So on this note I'll end this show and say to you once again if you'd like to talk with me, do Twitter me, Dr. Margaret RVC, or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. You can find me, Dr. Margaret RVC, or put in my whole name, Margaret Rogers Van Coops. And if you'd like help, come to sumaricenter.com. That's www.sumaricenter.com, where I'll be happy to help you. Yes, I do answer all my emails, drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. So, until we meet again, I hope you'll share.
these shows with as many people as you know so that we can help as many people around the world as possible. I just wish I could speak every language in the world so that I could reach everyone. So if you know people who speak English, please give them the link to these shows. And once again, I'll remind you that you can also watch my videos on youtube.com forward slash Dr. Margaret. So thank you for listening once again and blessings on your life and all the things that you intend to do. Be happy. Bye.